This week on the podcast, it's... Hey, wait a minute. This isn't the Monster Squad I ordered. podcast to tell the dark i am one of your hosts john charles and i'm barbara diesel i fucking love this movie holy <laughs> shit i love this fucking movie how about, how about fuck the intro the i need to gush about this shit well we need to tell the lovelies who have blindly <laughs> downloaded this episode without reading the title or even possibly the little cute little intro i'll record beforehand what we're actually talking about today <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the, mo- the uh, movie that we're discussing today is 2004's seminal classic, Van Helsing. Seminal classic is certainly one way to put it, yes. That's how I'll fucking put it, that's for sure. 2004 was a hell of a drug, as far as <laughs> movies go. Oh my god. Uh, Barb, I know you you seem to... you. You love this one. Is this one that you, uh, you saw when it was new, or is this one that you discovered... Um, later in your life to become a um, favorite this w- no this was one that i saw back in the year of our lord 2004 um i saw it in theaters so i got i i have gotten the full van helsing experience you sit down in that chair with the van helsing branded bucket <laughs> of popcorn and nachos with a little dr hyde on the box <laughs> Remember those things when you go to the theater? I think it was just for kids, but it was like a box, and they had a divot for popcorn, and one for like Mike and Ike's, and one for your soda. You know what I'm talking about? No, I it was know. Like a, it's like a Lunchables for the theater. <laughs> do they even do they even still make Lunchables? Oh, they absolutely still make Lunchables. I, okay. I it's been a while since I've gotten one because I think. I probably got one out of like nostalgic curiosity in a uh, college, you know, shopping for groceries for you know your whatever twenty five bucks you put aside for the week for groceries, and you're just kind of like, <laughs> what if I got a uh, lunchables pizza? And you're just kind of like, I wish I just got an actual pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this I saw this movie in two thousand four in theaters. I definitely loved it then. Um, I think I definitely had a period um, around like high school college where i had not seen it for a long time um and it was one of those movies that i kind of wrote off as yeah i probably liked that as a kid probably doesn't hold up and then a few years back i gave it a watch again and was like no fuck that this movie's fucking amazing this movie is perfect and flawless and deserves to be kept in fucking archives until the end of time. Well, I have the exact opposite <laughs> experience where I did not see that movie until um, two and a half hours ago. And uh, it, I don't think it's perfect. I think it's very flawed. And I think it belongs in that, that orb of acid that's sitting in Dracula's castle at the end of the movie. So people can't touch it without getting their skin burned off. 
<laughs> See, I, I'm actually rather excited to hear about your take about it because this is the first movie we've had so far that we have had a really divided opinion on. Yeah, you kept you kept bugging me saying like I can't wait to see I can't wait to hear your thoughts, hear your thoughts. Did you know I was not gonna like this, or did you think it was gonna click with me, or did you have no idea which way it was gonna go? I'll be honest, I thought it was gonna click, but I'm not against you disliking it. I'm still here for this. I mean, it's 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 really weird because like uh, watching it right away, I, I immediately kind of picked up what uh, Universal was putting down when they put this movie out. Because I mean. You know, it's 2004, um, you know, yeah, we got we got your mummies and your Pirates of the Caribbeans, like, running wild, but specifically the mummy, which in and of itself is a very, very loose adaptation of um, the, th- the, the 1930s mummy that Universal put out way back in the day, like the classic Hollywood one, which, yeah. also, if you haven't seen that movie, I, I love that movie because uh, I think everybody expects it to be, like, a guy in rags chasing around professors for 60 minutes. Oh but yeah, it's, it's just, not that it's at just, all. It's just Egyptian Dracula. It's literally pretty <laughs> much the exact same plot as Dracula. It's just a different... Dracula comes from Egypt instead of coming from uh, Transylvania. But um, whereas... Dr- Dracula uh, coming for your fucking wife. Whereas... I mean, I mean, that's pretty much what every vampire movie is. I mean, just Dracula <laughs> shows up and steals people's girls and disappears <laughs> but uh with girls yeah, in, hand. in the same way that uh the the mummy that preceded this uh same director uh steven summers um the mummy was kind of like a loose ad- re- a, a loose reimagining i guess because i don't want to call it a remake or an adaptation but just a reimagining of the mummy a property yeah. that universal already owned i i felt like van helsing was just kind of saying like well you know you know, we could make a movie for Dracula and uh, for Frankenstein and uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde um, and Wolfman. <laughs> but also, what if we just put them all in one movie together? What if we just did that and did The Mummy again? And so that's that's what you get out of this movie. So, um, yeah, I feel like it's extremely obvious, and this has been confirmed, that um, they wanted this movie to be part of a new franchise. They wanted... You know, Summers and company very much wanted a Van Helsing sequel. They also had planned for a Van Helsing TV show, or at least for a TV show to be um, spun off that would reuse a lot of the set assets they made. Because, um, one, this movie has, in my opinion, gorgeous sets. And they literally put, a, like, they put so much work into them that they didn't want to waste them. Mm-hmm. And they they wanted to get more usage out of them by literally making a TV show set in Transylvania and to reuse the little Transylvanian town they had made. I mean, um, you, spend, you spend all that time making so many uh, uh, candle holders and candelabras out of human skulls and remains. You don't. You just don't <laughs> want those wasting away in some studio lot somewhere, only for them to turn up in like a rave scene on some other show years later. <laughs> so it's like, uh. They had a lot of plans for this movie, and I think it also does show in the writing of this movie, which, all my gushing aside, I will say that is something that leans towards being a flaw. Um, mm-hmm. What happened to Flawless? <laughs> shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> but anyway, um, but like, it, but at the same time, like, I think the movie stands pretty dang good on its own legs. And 
I don't know. I kind of like some of the open-ended aspects that it ends up having as a result of not being, um, not getting squeakles. So, oh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that it would make a good TV show, or at least they were planning on it. Because I, I, I could see this. I don't know if I'd say it'd be like a TV show I would be into, but I could see this working as a TV show. Um, I could see them maybe retooling uh, Van Helsing as a character into being the star of, say, like a. Uh, very like maybe like a Xena Hercules style show. I could see that being. I'd be so into that. Holy shit! Uh, it's especially the team up of Van Helsing and his uh, his his sidekick, this monk uh, oh Carl, who's just this cowardly. Uh, it's it's not um who's that guy? The, the Hobbit man. He's in the Marvel movies. So, um, Sam, wait. Now I don't know name? who you're talking uh, Seth, about. I want to say Morgan Freeman. It's not Morgan Freeman. It's um. <laughs> Martin Freeman. Sorry, it's not Morgan Freeman. Oh, the Hobbit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He he gave me a real. I keep forgetting those movies happened. (laughs) Yeah, he he gave me like a real kind of like a feeling of uh of that kind of character, like the kind of character that he would have definitely he definitely would have played in um in like a movie in a movie like that and um. Yeah, but I feel like it was Martin Freeman. We wouldn't we wouldn't see him get his dick wet. (laughs) <laughs> you, you do make a point to point out that like he's the kind of monk that can fuck let let me be extremely clear here this movie fucks everyone in this movie fucks it's see, I'm, not, I'm not even sure if you get a lot of that because like that that is something i associate very i think that's very near and dear to the heart of a good vampire movie is that um I think, I, I was talking to my girlfriend about this because she was watching this with me, and, and I was like, you know, what works for me for a lot of other vampire movies that I like a lot is that there has to be some sort of um, tangible allure to the vampire and the effect that they're having on people. Like, the vampire, the, va- the, 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 the aura and the elements and the environment around the vampire has to feel sexy. Like, you have to understand that, like, oh, I see why women are throwing themselves at the feet of this vampire even when they don't want to because there's some primal animal magnetism to them. And I, 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 I wasn't feeling that from this movie. Um, I there was. Was like a, there's like a scene, <laughs> there's a scene at this party where they have this dance and I'm just kind of thinking like, Oh cool. Here you go. It's like, we're going to have like a dance. And you're going to have vampires dressed up all, all kinky and shit. And they're going to have like their, their like their better halves hanging off their arms. And you're going to have like succubuses and going to be doing like these sultry dances and stuff. And it's just kind of like, they do a weird sort of, you know, like your 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 class goes to Jamestown in fourth grade, and they're just kind of like, we're going to teach you how they did this dance <laughs> in seventeen oh eight, and you're going to learn it too. All right, now will the lads pair up with a lady each and put your wrists together, but hide your ankles. You must protect your chastity. <laughs> and it was this kind of dance. I'm just kind of like this. This Dracula is not. This Dracula is not a himbo. He's just a weirdo. <laughs> Well, I was, no, I would not say he's a himbo, but I mean, I don't know. I really, re- I really like this Dracula in this movie. This is actually one of my legit personal favorite versions of Dracula, period. I enjoyed, I just, I enjoyed his characterization in this movie. I enjoyed the way he was played uh, there are so many fucking amazing scenes with him the part mm-hmm. where he fucking impales himself on frankenstein's sword dr just, frankenstein's sword 
Do- you know, you're right, you're right. Dr. Frankenstein's sword. He didn't go to college where you just call him Frankenstein. <laughs> and, he, and he fucking just leans forward and you hear the squelch of the fucking blade going in and he says, I'm already dead. And, ugh! Ugh! I love this shit. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I must admit, like, if it was a scene I did like, I did appreciate the first time that um, Van Helsing and Dracula first encountered each other. Yes. Um, and they have this very uh, Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd kind of, like, thing where they keep pranking each other. And it's kind of like, ah, 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 you stabbed me, you stabbed me. Oh, gotcha, you can't actually stab <laughs> me. And they're just kind of going back and forth with these, like, little tricks. And um, it kind of made me want to see a take on these characters where they have that uh, Joker-Batman dynamic where, um, you know, like, they're, they're mortal enemies, but they'll always be stuck in the stance because deep down they probably actually love each other and they love the thrill of the chase, so they would never actually... Like, Batman Batman would never kill Joker and Joker would never kill Batman. They're, they're just doomed to keep doing this because deep down some part of them enjoys this and there's an attraction between the two of them. And I, I would have loved to have seen, like, this more of this sort of, like... This 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 antagon this antagonizing energy between these two characters like really build up the fact that um, Van Helsing he he's supposed to be this real hot piece of shit in this movie because uh you know we when we when we meet him at the start of the movie he's um he's finding a giant hulked out uh, CGI Mister Hyde and they're having he, banter. I love Mister Hyde in this movie because he's basically like. Evil Shrek, Dark Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was thinking Hulk, but yeah, he has very much a Shrek, in, like Sh- Shrek that actually enjoyed being Shrek. Like I think the real Shrek has some level of self-loathing to him that makes him very tired. But this Shrek, see, this Shrek he's, is he's, a Chad, and he is going to bite your head off. Yeah, well, he, he like he shows up eating. He shows up smoking a cigar, and when he's done with it, he just eats the cigar. When he's I done. love I love that bit so much. Oh my god! And then when he when fucking Van Helsing is like listing off his crimes, and then and then fucking Mister Hyde like takes it up, and he starts talking about all the shit he's done. Like he's so proud of himself, and I'm just like, yeah, you did kill those children. You did. <laughs> I mean, we watch Van Helsing kill a bunch of bat children for for about five minutes, which is upsetting to think about in context. But um, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I like the, the movie goes out of its way to kind of uh, paint Van Helsing as this really cool guy because in the first few minutes of the movie, you see him going to a uh, to the church and he's like talking to a priest and they're in the uh, confession booth and then whoa, it turns out it's an elevator down to their secret labs and then it just turns to. Uh, a James Bond Q scene for about 10 minutes where it's just this inventor priest that nobody likes. Everybody seems to hate working with this guy and he's just showing off all the cool inventions and he's like, ooh, we have one correction. gun. One correction. Friar, not a monk. He's a friar. I'm sorry, I'm a friar. Wait, is, is, is this guy the same guy as Carl? Because I thought this was a different guy than Carl. I thought he got a sign. No, that was, that was the fucking, that was the same guy. They, he brought that dude with him on the adventure. Oh, okay. See, so, yeah, I, I couldn't quite tell because when we see him, he's got all this—he's got all this stuff on his head. He, he looks like the adventure dude in um, Tango and Cash, where he just always has his eyes going through one big lens to make his eyes just look really big and stuff. And he's just really excited to show off that they invented nitroglycerin and hidden like switchblade stakes for killing vampires and werewolves and stuff. But yeah, like it's—I—I—I I, I would have loved to have seen like a bit more cat and mouse between Van Helsing and Dracula because Van Helsing is 
he's he's the coolest guy in this universe, and Dracula is the most powerful guy in this universe. And I I would have loved it to have been this thing where it's like maybe every monster Van Helsing has hunted up to this point has been with the intention of him getting closer to Dracula and like every monster he kills like it's like oh he kills the wolfman wolfman's like oh oh you think you're getting closer go see Frankenstein hell set you straight and then he has to go fight Frankenstein and Frankenstein's like oh I hate that Dracula guy I'll lead you right to him like I would have loved to have seen it be this kind of thing where he has to hunt down Dracula monster by monster and the whole time Dracula's just setting shit at him being like oh Van Helsing I'll stop you hell get you but um they're they're they only have kind of like these weird passing interactions where whenever they engage, Dracula's like, I know something you don't know. And Van Helsing's <laughs> like, look, I'm just going to stab you. Can we just do this? And then we just don't see them together for most of the movie. Otherwise it's, I, I, there, 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 I, I found myself just trying to think about what I would change in this movie to kind of have helped turn it into a movie that I think would have, um, just captured me. A, a little bit more and I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing more about like what it is that does it for you in this that um totally works for you because like I, i'd love to see it through the lens of somebody who is a very big fan of it but just for me watching it it just i don't know there just it, there were so many pieces going on and i the, i i didn't the action wasn't quite doing it for me i didn't quite like these portrayals of these characters there was a there was a there was an there was an energy. There was a. There was an edge of horror that I felt this movie was missing to make it just creepy enough. It's very spooky, but it's not creepy or scary enough. You know, like it's no, a I very soft PG thirteen. I definitely would agree that this is like it. It is not a scary movie. This is very much a, a a movie dressed up in Halloween attire for Halloween rather than a movie trying to be scary, which I'm fine with. Um, I think it leans into that and has a lot of fun with that, and I'm pretty okay with it doing that because I think it, um, as far as being like a a spooky universal monster um, themed action movie, I think it pulls off a lot of that stuff really, really well, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. Like a lot of the things that really stuck, like putting aside the 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 brainless horny gushing for a moment, but genuinely the stuff that really, really brings me back to this movie every time, that just every time has me enraptured. A large part of it is um, the aesthetic and the tone of the movie. Um, I feel like this movie is extremely campy in a lot of its both visuals and just the way it is set up and things go about. Mm-hmm. Um, like like you said, they did have that kind of campy-ass, you know, James Bond cue scene, which was an explicit um, intention for that scene, by the way. Um, oh, I mean, there, there, there is no doubting, there's no doubting that they are 100% just doing a cue scene. Like, it literally is Hugh Jackman being, like, led past all these inventions and you see other monks and friars testing the inventions and he's just kind of like ooh we have a knife hidden in this one ooh this is nitroglycerin oh you don't want that it won't work on a werewolf but this will like it is it is a cue scene like it is them turning Van Helsing well setting him up as a James Bond kind of character they don't really I don't think they really necessarily follow through on that just because a big part of who James Bond is is his uh is his persona as much as it is his skill set. Um, 
this Van Helsing is a little bit closer to a superhero Indiana Jones type, honestly. Whereas like Bond, like there's there's never a point like there's never a point where like James Bond is the is 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 in a vulnerable position in a lot of his movies. Like he's often compromised, but you you watch because you know that he always has the tricks up his sleeves to get out of it, and he's not quite as like freewheeling as say Indiana Jones or Brendan Fraser in their respective movies where it's like Brendan Fraser's movie being the mummy of course Brendan Fraser's not a character he, he is an actor but like you know like here I that... thought you meant George of the Jungle <laughs> <laughs> but they just have this very free freewheeling energy where a lot of what's fun about watching them is that um the situations get out of hand for them and you know Indiana Jones looks cool but he's often out of his depth and it's fun watching him have to improvise because nothing's going right Van, Hel- Van Helsing in this movie is somewhere right in the middle, I think, where he knows what he's doing, but they keep throwing wrenches in his plans. I mean, like, like halfway through the movie, he gets bit by a werewolf, so now Van Helsing just is a werewolf, and that's just a ticking <laughs> clock they got going the final act of this movie. Oh, God, they deliver on that so fucking good. Um, so, yeah, like, a, a big... Just kind of going back to what I was talking about, a big thing is I, I love the aesthetic of the movie. I think... Everything from the costume design to the sets of the film to a lot of the cinematography, I think, hold like holds up genuinely well. Like I, th- one thing that both this movie and uh, 1999, the Mummy, Mummy have in common for me is that they both, in, like they they both CG heavy movies, no doubt. But right, like, there's a lot, there's a lot of CG, a lot of a lot but, of bodies but in, jumping and getting whipped around in CG in this one. But in my opinion, I feel like it holds up a lot better than you would expect movies from these times to hold up. And mm-hmm. I think they lean, I think they lean on, um, kind of the stylish side of CG enough that like even when you're watching something and like. Okay, you you know it's obviously a CG monstrosity you're seeing, but it's just like it still clicks in a way that maybe a more realistic aesthetic wouldn't work. Like like for example, um, I adore the werewolves in this movie because the werewolves it's... are the best looking monsters. I think like the oh no, hundred percent Frankenstein. I think turned out the best CG wise. Um, I, I don't even know if Frankenstein, how much of Frankenstein was CG. I mean, obviously the electricity in his brain was, but aside from that, I think he was mostly practical effects. Anyway, anyway. Um, but, uh, like the werewolves, it's not just that, okay, the CG used for them was surprisingly well, but I think that they leaned into this aesthetic for them that it's like this weird, like, heavy metal album cover idea of what a werewolf is where they're they've they're huge they've got rippling fucking muscles they've got teeth bigger than a wolf should have they have these angular hard you know hard angle spiky heads and the the fur is comes these perfect points on their ears and shit like that and it's just like you know what i mean like it's this very idealized version of what a werewolf is and I think they fucking nail that. Well, I didn't even catch this until my girlfriend pointed this out, but they, they take a different kind of spin on the uh, transformation process for werewolves in this movie because, yes. you know, usually what you see in other movies is just a furry version of hulking out where the person just <laughs> kind of, like, 
they get big and then they get hairy. Now they're a werewolf. And in this movie, it's very odd because their their skin peels away like an orange, and then the werewolf is underneath, and then they kind of revert back to the human afterwards. So like there there's like a couple scenes where we do see like werewolves going back and forth between human and animal, human and animal, and you can see like the like the, the werewolf beneath the skin fighting to burst through the skin, the skin having to hold it back and stuff, and it's it's a very jarring it's a very jarring uh jarring imagery. I wasn't gonna say effect, because it looks it looks fine, but like it's it was a take on the transformation I hadn't quite seen, especially for such a quick transformation in a movie like this too. Yeah, I think I think um, they get really clever and um, they don't lean... Like, I feel like with a movie like this, you almost go in expecting them to lean on classic imagery more than they actually end up doing. Mm-hmm. Um, ob- obviously, they have all the fucking Universal monsters. They are recognizable as these classic Universal monsters, but they really do kind of try to make them feel like their own thing and that extends to the werewolves visually and in terms of like you were saying the transformation um they're actually i i read a little bit about their thought process behind that transformation and it was that they wanted this transformation to represent the werewolf as the beast within which i think that's cool and i Mm -hmm. honestly that's kind of the that's the impression i got from the I think that's what's cool about it. It's not simply turning into something. It's having this other thing burst out of what used to be you. And that's cool as shit. And it is a very kind... And it's a disturbing image. It's It, it makes for a striking image that sticks with you. I know a lot of people that... St- like Whether they like this movie or not, I know a lot of people that do point to this movie and are like, this movie's werewolves are fucking rad. Yeah, like, I, I think I think they definitely get the werewolves spot on, and I can definitely see what they're getting at with that beast within thing. Um, I feel like, uh, just like... I mean, look, we, we can... Let, like, let's... Let's do a quick audit of which which uh, monsters actually show up in this, right? So, mm-hmm. the movie opens up... Well, the movie opens up, and we get... um. We get a black and white uh, Frankenstein scene. We get the we get uh, Doctor Frankenstein doing the whole like it's alive, it's alive, and we see we yeah we see him bring Frankenstein up to life, and then uh mm-hmm. oh Dracula's there too. It's Saint your Daddy's Frankenstein, and he and Eeyore <laughs> turn on Frankenstein. They turn on Doctor Frankenstein. They kill him. Frankenstein, the monster who I'm just going to call Frankenstein. You know what I mean? It, it's all cool. Um, <laughs> they cha- it's. It is basically the Frankenstein you know and love. The the villagers with torches chase him out. They chase him to a, a windmill that is filled with Bibles and absence for some reason. So as soon as they catch it on fire, it just explodes. Are you, listen, are you telling me you don't read the Bible just fucking blast out on absinthe? Because that's the only way to really get the intention of that book from the <laughs> author. I mean, that's just how it's done. Uh, we 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 meet. I I like I like the Frankenstein in this movie. He's he's a he's a fine Frankenstein. He's very meaty, very fleshy. Um, Fun fact: the actor that played him also played Frankenstein from Young Frankenstein in the stage play. Oh, I wonder. I wonder if that uh, that's where the that's where the casting decision came from for uh, the movie. Possibly, but I think that actually does very much come in through the characterization of this Frankenstein because this is like this movie's Frankenstein is they very much lean into um, Frankenstein as a misunderstood non not evil monster in this movie and I think that and 
I think that um, part of the theme at the heart of this movie, that um, which is that like you have all these monsters and all that jazz, but something that is a common thread through all of them, and this extends to Dracula, is that they all are they they either still are to an extent people or they used to be people and how there's a certain amount of like empathy that should come into play because i feel like um a little bit of what van went through in this movie was kind of getting a little bit of a taste of his own medicine as somebody who hunts these things and has to be very very um ruthless to them but you know he 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 has to deal with becoming a werewolf himself he meets something that the uh that the weird church illuminati organization is like yo you gotta kill that thing but he's like no not gonna kill it not evil and even even Dracula, something I liked about the writing and characterization of Dracula is that, like, no no doubt, this is an evil son of a bitch. But there's also an, a, a little bit of, like, a little bit of basically depression to the character. Like, he is... Like he, he he goes on at one point talking about how he he feels nothing he loves nothing he, mm-hmm. he nothing feels good and he will live forever and it's like yo my dude you're depressed man <laughs> see I I I kind of write a bunch of wackier Dracula off of this movie I mean and at the scenes we're seeing him in he's he is straight up kind of doing like a Bugs Bunny bit to Van Helsing where he's just constantly just like. Getting his goat and throwing out one-liners. Um, he's Real talk. Seen... Their 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 fucking um, interactions they had going has some fucking ex-lovers shit going on. That's my fucking head. Yeah, man. like I said, I would have loved to have seen that played up a bit more. But um, no, I agree. I agree. Just between he, he just between like yeah, he's he's a very quippy villain. Um, he's often seen dancing to his own uh, conniving plots. Uh, he will just stand on the wall because he he can. Um, there's a lot of scenes where they're trying to build their own Frankenstein monster, which I'll get to this in a second. I want to make sure I understand what his plan was here, just fine. But he'll like uh, he he's he's stolen Igor away from Doctor Frankenstein, and so now Igor's working for him. And Igor's down on the ground, just like working this crank, trying to get the electricity going. And also. Um, It'll cut, and, like, Dracula's standing on a wall, and he's like, more, more! <laughs> it cuts back to Igor, then it cuts back to Dracula. Now he's just standing on the ceiling, and he's like, ah, I'm up here now! And he's just constantly standing somewhere else. He just can't stand on the ground. <laughs> it's so good! Also, um, Igor is played by the same actor who played Benny from The Mummy, um, uh, Kevin J. O'Connor. I, I liked I liked this Igor. I, I thought he was, he was the one... He well, he and Carl both worked for me as like comic relief. Like I, I totally thought both of them kind of landed their uh, their sillier moments throughout the movie. Honestly, I yeah, I think um, like Igor is definitely like a standout uh, minor character in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Just great lines, great line delivery, uh, cool character design, uh, just very memorable. Like I, I like I. He's like, he's not one of those characters that you go, oh, I, I, I forgot about them. No, it's like he, he is someone he's hard to forget. 
Um, of course, he's a, he's, a, he's a hunchbacked man who seems to hate working for Dracula, but Dracula does pay him, so he sticks by his side. Rem- remember, Igor, do unto others before they do unto me. <laughs> yeah, God, that's a good line. I was a fan of, um, at the end when they're sneaking into Dracula's castle, and the way they do is they basically catch Igor, like, take it to the trash, it's like, <laughs> oh, Igor, do this, Igor, do that, it's, what, what are you doing here, I'm not supposed to be here, and they just capture him <laughs> from there, um, I wanted to ask you, actually, um, mm-hmm. the way we're describing, uh, this movie's Dracula, um, have you ever actually seen, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula? I, I you, you talking about the original one with Bela Lugosi? No, 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 no. The movie that is called Bram Stoker's Dracula, the um, Francis Ford Coppola uh, Dracula movie from the mid-90s. Oh, no, I have not. Mmm, okay, that's one we're going to have to get around to at some point, because that's, that's, that's one of my favorite uh, Dracula movie, my favorite adaptations of like Dracula as a character, because the Dracula you're describing, I didn't really feel like I saw in this movie. Like, I feel like if you come in with, like... You bring a lot of your own knowledge about these characters into the movie. Like that's that is something that is very assumed about this movie. It it assumes a very surface level understanding of these characters. Like you know, like they don't ever actually explain what's up with uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde in this movie. It's just most people know that that's the man. That there's a nice man and a bad man. And he switches between them. <laughs> but like there's there's, there's, a, there's more a, than a nice the char- man and a Shrek man. <laughs> <laughs> there's more to that character than that but they take the surface level thing of that and they they run with it and it's kind of the same thing with the werewolf where it's like you know that a full moon comes out and a werewolf turns into a werewolf that's how it works them's the rules you know that a vampire the way a vampire works is vampire bites another vampire they become sub vampires of that vampire kill the head vampire and they are dead frankenstein is made out of a bunch of different parts of people and he's brought to life with electricity by a mad scientist who's the only scientist who seems to have discovered the secret to reanimating life like it's a lot of like the base level stuff and they do they do roll a bit with some of the more like thematics of those characters like i said like the beast within stuff like i'll give it on the werewolf stuff that is there in this movie especially with van helsing himself becoming a werewolf um you get a little bit of the thing about like Frankenstein with the whole, oh, it turns out man's the real monster, where, you know, when they first encounter him, when they first encounter him because they find out that he survived the windmill explosion at the end of the movie, at the beginning of the movie, um, when uh, when and, uh, Van Helsing and uh, Kate Beckinsale as uh, Anna, who, her brother was turned into a werewolf, movie's crawling with werewolves, but they first encounter Frankenstein and they immediately try to attack him. And then uh, Van Helsing figures out, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This dude's speaking in complete sentences. He's down here reading multiple Bibles. This guy's okay. <laughs> I can sense evil. This guy's not evil. Like, we should no, let this Nobody guy. who reads the Bible can be evil. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, there's, they don't really delve too much into uh, the psychology of these monsters or kind of what they represent thematically. It's very much more like a haunted house kind of presentation of these monsters. But you can still bring those readings, if you're familiar with them, into the characters that kind of help make it richer. And I think that's kind of there with Dracula, but it's not really explored in this movie. But in a movie like Bram Stoker's Dracula, that's what a large part of that movie is, is about seeing, like, how, like, the sad life that Dracula lives, the, the, the intangible sexual magnetism he has on women and the way they can't resist. And, like, the creepiness, the creepiness of his... His castle, the way he just represents this force of evil and pestilence that waves and armies of men have always tried to stop, but 
they always follow it a speed, and it will take literally in that movie the Avengers of vampire hunters, including Van Helsing, <laughs> to take him down. That movie rules, and it's goth as hell, and it's great, and Keanu Reeves is in it, and Renona Ryder is in it, and for years, people were like, man, these actors sure are cheesy. I'm just kind of like, no, they're pretty cool in it, and I bet you if people watched it now, they'd be all over it, because that movie's crazy goth, and you get, you get, uh, you get Renona Ryder, and you get Keanu Reeves, and everybody loves both of those guys now. Like, people can't get enough of them now, but... Well, I'd be very down for giving that a fucking shot, that's for damn sure. Oh, absolutely. Like, that one's totally going on the list. And I would definitely love to kind of see, like, what you what you take from that after um, after after loving something like Van Helsing. I'm not saying it's going to make you like it any less, but it is a different take on Dracula because it's much more of an adaptation of the, the story, the book of Dracula, than it is the universal version of Dracula, which, you know, it still has its roots in the book. But, like, yeah, like, that movie is just very... It's very gothic, and I, I love the atmosphere of that movie. I love the the looming dread in that movie. I love how you do see that the life of being Dracula is a hard one, and the effect it has on the people who have to live under his thumb. In this movie, Van Helsing literally shows up to the town where Dracula lives. He kills one vampire, and the townspeople are like, Jeez, thanks Van Helsing. Y- you know... We learn to live with these things because they just come down here like what? Once a month and they kill one person. One person. You kill one vampire, they all come down here. Now we gotta deal with it. It's like I like that a lot. It's like Dracula seemingly actually has no bearing on the lives of the people in this town. They've literally learned to live with it because it's the it's the bare minimum of harm he could be causing them. That, here's the thing. That's actually something I also... I, I, I actually like that... Um, like, you would think... The way the movie kind of sets up Dracula and the, the way the stakes end up feeling for a lot of the movie is... Oh, Dracula's got something fucking big planned. He's got... He's got... Gonna take over the world or something. And it's like... There's a, there's kind of a mild implication that that's kind of what's gonna be the end result of him bringing his undead children to life. Okay, but wait, hold same- on, hold on, hold on. Let me make sure I understand what his plan is, because like it was a little. This was this is this is the point in the movie where I started getting a little incredulous. So excuse me if I miss something here, right? So let me make sure I understand this correctly. Okay. Vampires cannot procreate in the same way that people do because they are undead. Basically, if they have, like, if if a, if a mommy vampire and a daddy vampire love each other very much and make and a baby, fuck. the baby is essentially stillborn because it is undead. However, Dracula and his three wives, again, I remind you, he seems to have only tormented this town enough to just kidnap three women and make them his vampire slaves. But Dracula and these three women have been fucking for 400 years and have amassed this nest of external uterus eggs of stillborn vampires so dracula's plan is to use the life-giving technology that dr frankenstein invented and needs a man to hook up to it but has originally gone for a werewolf because werewolves seem to have something in their blood that makes them immortal and by infusing this technology with the blood of a werewolf 
into his stillborn egg sacs of vampires, he will give his children life and thereby <laughs> eternal life. And ultimately decides that a werewolf is no good and just getting Frankenstein himself is better because that's actually where the secret of eternal life lies. Like, that is his plan, right? Like, did I miss something? Like, I, that's what he's trying to do, right? Basically, okay, basically, <laughs> I'm trying to absorb everything you said so that I can put it straight. Like, like uh, they because, explain this in about, like, two it's not minutes. That you're, and I just had it's not that you're wrong, it. it's that you're ever so slightly wrong please but, steer me right I, that was something that really threw for a loop but i was like i'm really gonna need barb to explain okay. this one to me the reason that old, good old vlad um was a patron of fucking frankenstein's patreon was that um he wanted him to make frankenstein which he saw which he saw as the key to bring his undead children to life. that th- Bring his undead children to life. That's the end goal. And he saw Frankenstein's monster as the key to that. So that's that's the end game. That is okay. That is what he is aiming for. Okay, so so Frankenstein is the key to open King Frankenstein, so, so, yes. So in the beginning... <laughs> I'm, I'm, yes, yeah. Oh, um, so God. So in the beginning of the movie, Frankenstein is lost. That's why the wives were so fucking sad. And, okay. and Dracula was sad, to be honest. And they thought Frankenstein was fucking dead in that fire. They thought they lost their chance. And then Dr. Frankenstein was also dead. So it's like, well, fuck, don't even have a backup plan. So for the next however many years, I can't remember how many it was. But I, it was either one year or ten years. I don't know. But for the next however many it years. Was, wait. Between like it's it's the movie takes place one between year the black and white part years. and Paris. That's that's one year. Okay, so for the next year, they are try they've been trying other things. They basically they have they have all the machinery they were going to use for Frankenstein, and they since they don't have Frankenstein, they're just like, well, fuck. What if we use other things? So, mo- first they tried humans, and humans didn't do the job. They just fried. So then. Um, when, uh, Velkin, um, Anna's brother, when he gets fucking turned into a werewolf, he gets captured by Dracula, they strap him in because they think, well, human, not tough enough, um, maybe human who werewolf is tougher, maybe that work. And they try that, but that's also, basically it only makes it, it work for as long as... It's held up, and it's obviously not a permanent solution. And then yeah, the, the baby, the, like the babies are all born, and there's just like an army cloud of, of vampire babies flying around. And about after two and a half minutes, they all just like start exploding like gremlins. Fucking baby boomers, man. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> am I right? Wah, 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 wah. Anyway, so um, so like this whole movie, like it seems like. The movie kind of frames Dracula's plan as being a much, this very big world affecting thing. But when you really kind of get down to it, his plan and the way that it's framed, whenever like he's talking about it, isn't world domination. That's kind of, that's kind of something that you would assume will happen because of this, because you know right. a shit ton, a shit ton of vampires. But the act, the way that. 
Dracula is actually framing this and the way like he's talking about it not only to Van Helsing but to his own men and stuff is like hey we want our kids man we have so many dead kids we just want kids yo please let us have kids man I would have I this movie this movie was two hours long and I didn't feel like it needed to be two hours and i think there's definitely stuff i would have maybe moved around maybe a fight or two i would have cut out from the movie to maybe put in a little bit more time to get to those dracula a little bit better because like but those fights you know good. you know that would have ruled to have to have like maybe a flashback or a monologue where dracula talks about being human and uh not really being able to father a family and then realizing that um you know he could not only could he find a second chance as a vampire he could have children that might not succumb to the plague or oh my children will grow up alongside me and they will surpass me and stuff like maybe like just just some just some like you you got to see this you got to see the the, the turmoil that the vampire mothers went through and watching their 300 children explode into goo but dracula himself is kind of unflinching outside of you know like I'll get you next time, Inspector Gadget. Next time, like he—he doesn't—he's very—he's very much a superhero comic book villain in that respect. He just doesn't. There's not enough pathos there for me, and I would have loved to have spent maybe a little bit more time with this Dracula to, because like, like to go back to Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, Gary Oldman's Dracula in that movie. You're kind of on his side when he's he, when he's like looking for love and he wants power and stuff like you see what kind of still drove him as what drove him as a human years ago and how he still yearns for for love and feeling today and you're just kind of like well maybe it wouldn't be so bad if he won but in this movie there's not that moment of feeling like well maybe dracula maybe would be okay if he won like I, i i like feeling like i want to be on dracula's side a little bit Castlevania does that a really good job too. I mean, Castlevania first, did do that extremely fucking well. I mean, literally the very first season of Netflix's Castlevania is look, we're just gonna spend four episodes to tell you why Dracula might be in the right. Make our decision from there, but he has his reasons for hating people, and maybe you might be on his side too. So like, I don't know. I I like Dracula as, like I said, something enticing and something alluring that. You can't quite understand from a logical level, but on a level of emotion and passion and pathos, you totally get it. Like something, something unexplainable makes you say, "I actually do like that guy." And outside of him just being a weirdo and him being a weirdo making a memorable for me, I didn't feel that emotion for this Dracula that I think would have made him work for me as a villain, like a, Dra- a, a Dracula who wants something a little bit more than just an army to have world domination, like, a family as a means to an army, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I like I said, the way, the way that, like, Dracula framed a lot of the, his whole plan really wasn't that focused on world domination, I feel. I really, like, I, I'm serious, I really do feel like... Um, a lot of his motivations was essentially as a family man. Mm-hmm. Um, one who one could argue is perhaps going through the motions because he cannot truly feel emotions. But I do still think that, I don't know, that's something 
that I feel clicked for me. Like I know, like a scene that I always really liked was um, in that first that first part where they um, brought back the kids with the werewolf um, battery, mm-hmm. and you know they the wives are seeing all the babies flying around, and they're like ah, and Dracula's just like just like they they need to feed. Teach them, teach them, and it's like, but it's like I don't know. There's an energy there that feels less like, oh yes, my my plan's coming to fruition, and is more like this. It just for a brief moment, this happy father wanting to see his fucking, <laughs> wanting to see his wives take care of his kids, and like I I I I do one hundred percent understand what you mean that more of that like more. Of those moments of pathos would have been good. I definitely don't disagree. Um, I'm definitely because I I'm, I liked those moments a lot, but I definitely do think those moments are there. And I think the fact that this movie is balancing so many different um, characters and monsters is probably the reason why it doesn't get as much focus as another movie would. Yeah. But I don't know. I I. It fe- I feel like there was still enough for me to chew on within this very comic booky. This very um, it is just, very comic booky. It's very comic booky. It's very stylish. It's very very just kind of unapologetically weird and cheesy. And I feel like in this context, I feel like it it, it did what it needed to do to get me on board and to get me to click with this character. Because like I said, this is. And I, and I probably will like the Frank, not the Frank. I probably will like uh, Bram Stokers. <laughs> Bram Strokers, go on. <laughs> With I mean, a name like Strokers, it has to be good. <laughs> I probably will like Bram Stokers' Dracula that that you're talking about. But I also like just, I like how weird and gaudy and just hot topicy dumbass this fucking dracula is and this whole movie is i like the fucking i love the fucking steampunk um rapid fire crossbow oh yeah he does have like a crossbow gun and he literally misses everything when he's shooting it okay this one shot i love where um anna is running from one of the wives when the uh little transylvanian town is getting attacked by them and she's running from the wife. The wife is flying at her. And from behind both of them, Van Helsing is shooting at them. And it's just a flurry of these fucking razor-sharp arrows flying past both of them and missing. To the point where, in the next shot, when Anna, like, hides behind something, you see that every object in the screen has been pin-cushioned with these fucking arrows. You want to try aiming next time? Uh, that's so good! I love it. Oh my... It, that shit's funny as hell. Or then the fucking... Or when, they, um, when the wives picked up the cow and threw it at the uh, building because they were trying to pick up Anna and then you're like oh no is the cow dead and at the end of that fight turns out hey cow's okay and I'm just like yeah cow's okay it's writing 101 you gotta save that cow to get the audience gotta, on your side gotta save that cow um, you know I, I also don't want to feel like I'm being too harsh in this movie either because I think something that's really important to remember too is this is kind of a movie that could only really exist when it came out like 
movies like this didn't really exist before the early 2000s and after the 2000s is when you start getting into the rise of uh marvel so everything ends oh god if this movie franchise. was made nowadays everybody would be written like a fucking joss whedon i mean they did they, they did do that do not forget that like for about two or three years uh universal was trying to get the quote-unquote dark universe to be a thing <laughs> and what, what did we get of that? We got, oh dark we got we got we got the mummy we got the mummy we got the mummy with tom cruise um i think there was also um, what else? It was the Mummy. Was there another there, one? I think it there was were, just there were the two, Mummy. No, there were there were two movies that came out in the Dark Universe. I I know that there was supposed to be like there was supposed to be a well, there was the supposed to be a reboot of Van Helsing as a part of that, but that never came to fruition. Um, wait, wait, here I got a list. So a list. What? No, no way. I, I'm seeing on. I'm looking at the wiki for the Dark on, on Dark Dark the Dark Universe wiki. Saying, <laughs> making argument for to 2020, 2020's The Invisible Man, which I want to get, I want to get to that one. We'll do an episode on that one at some point too. Um, oh, yeah. Making an argument for that Invisible Man being a part of the Dark Universe, and I'm a little, I'm a little credulous about that. I'm not entirely sure if that was in the Dark Universe, but you know what? I think it does look like, I guess, like officially the only movies that came out in the Dark Universe were The Mummy and The Invisible Man. But I, I could have sworn that I, Frankenstein, was a part of that universe. No, um, no, 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 no. That would, Fuck, man. That was like over five years ago. That was a hot minute ago. I mean that was that was in the that was in the throes of the dark universe being a thing. I could have sworn that one was supposed to be the movie that kicked it off. Okay, when the fuck did I Frankenstein come out? Uh, That came out in 2014. Yeah, I I don't know. Obviously, people were looking to Marvel at that point, but I feel like that was not when people really hit on the oh, we need a universe now. Like, I feel like that was, like, at least a year before that really, Hold on, really hold on, hold on. I'm thinking of the wrong movie, right? Because I Frankenstein... Okay, I am thinking of the wrong movie because I Frankenstein is the weird action movie where Frankenstein is in a war or something. There is a movie where Daniel Radcliffe is Igor, and that one, I'm positive, was supposed to be a part of the Dark Universe. I swear to God, hold on. I'm, I'm checking this right now, checking this live. When was he Igor? What movie was that? Victor Frankenstein. It was just called Victor Frankenstein. I believe I have this no was memory to... of this. Yes, I believe this was supposed to be the first movie of the Dark Universe because um, Doctor Jekyll, uh, Doctor, what is it? Doctor Jekyll becomes Mister Hyde, right? Yeah. So Doctor Jekyll is in this movie, and I believe he also shows up in The Mummy, because he's supposed to be, like, the Dark Universe's version of Nick Fury, like, recruiting a <laughs> League of, of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And so Victor Frankenstein and The Mummy were basically the only two movies to come out of the Dark Universe, and the Dark Universe literally went nowhere. Like, I, I bring up the Dark Universe frequently to people I know, and people look at me like I'm crazy, where they're like, was that a thing? And it was, it's like, yeah, it was a thing, for like a movie and a half, for a movie and a half. That's why no mm-hmm. one remembers it, unless you were actually watching this, watching, waiting to see, like, where it was actually going to go. <laughs> uh, why were we talking about the Dark Universe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a question that many people have asked themselves many times. But, um, the... The point I was just making was that I don't want to be too hard on this movie because it only really kind of could have come from the era in which it came from any earlier and it would have just been a straight adaptation of, of uh, Dracula, of, yeah, of Dracula and vampires just 
just like Bram Stoker's Dracula, any later, it would have been the Dark Universe. Like, this is right smack dab in the middle of Mummy Mania, Pirates of the Caribbean Mania. Like, this is when you start getting the rise of these PG-13 family-friendly um, action movies that are pretty much, you know, you get to go sit in an air-conditioned theater for two hours in the middle of July and... You know, these were the kind of movies we were going to see every Friday night in high school before Marvel movies were a thing. Like, we we were going to midnight movies in high school before that was just a thing you did for, like, every Avengers movie. And You, you got to watch Kate Beckinsale fucking face-sit Hugh Jackman. That did happen for about five seconds, and it was really weird when it did. <laughs> it's good shit. I love this movie. Um, but Hugh, yeah, I, Hugh Jackman was a fucking treat in this flick. Let me just talk about that for a sec. The fucking hair, the look, the well, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's always a treat in everything he's in. Like he he's he he might be a vampire. He's got that sort of unexplainable <laughs> magnetism. Um, I can't think of a single time I've seen Hugh Jackman where I haven't enjoyed him. I didn't even like the movie version of Les Mis, and I still liked Hugh Jackman in that movie. He's a good man. He's Wolverine. <laughs> You can trust him. He's Wolverine. Well, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Do you have any like? Do you have any any parting thoughts you wanna you wanna you wanna impart upon uh, Van Helsing to leave upon our audience? Like, I I, I feel like I, I I I don't I don't I hope I hope my arguments for why I didn't like it don't overshadow no, what I mean, joy there you is. You bring up perfectly. You bl- you bring up perfectly valid reasons to. For, for, you know, for you personally to not be uh, satisfied by what this movie was trying to bring and that for things that you would have preferred to see. Like, I think that's perfectly fucking fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you're wrong and dumb and bad, but that's perfectly <laughs> fine. <laughs> well, we, um, we're, we're regular Van Helsing and Count Dracula, you and I. <laughs> but, like... I guess, I guess what, I, what I would just say to, to any folks listening is, like, um, I know... This movie definitely did kind of get, like, a very bad rap for a long time. It has um, a 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, apparently. yeah, no. It it got very bad reviews. Um, it, it bombed at the box office, which is why a sequel and no, TV show did it not happen. It, I, thought it, I thought it did. I was looking it up. I thought it did incredibly well at the box office. No, it did not do very well at the box. At least not good enough to warrant a, a squeakquel, that's for sure. Um, it did actually perform very well on DVD. Yeah, this is this is a this is a this is a big like this seems like the exact kind of movie. This is you a movie a you own on DVD, hundo percent. I mean, I felt like this is the kind of movie where I don't think I would sit down and choose to watch this movie, but if I was walking around and I walked by somebody and they were watching HBO, and Ben Helsing was on, and it was about 20 minutes in. I'd sit down and watch with them. I would maybe get up a few times and say, like, eh, don't worry about pausing. I'll, I'll just be back and go to the bathroom. Like, this is, this is, this is a, this is, this is a, you've got a hangover, and it's Sunday evening, and you've got, like, microwaved orange chicken on a TV tray, and this is just what's on the TV. Like, this is, this is a, it is a lazy Sunday movie. Like, you, it's on TV, there's nothing else to watch. This is the one channel that you don't change when you're flipping through them. Like it's, it gets the job done. It's, 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 it's junk food. It's movie junk food, and sometimes that is okay. I I definitely lean a little stronger on it. I I I think this is a legitimately good movie. I think it um, 
I think it is unfairly maligned. Um, I, I like it's. This isn't even like me memeing or anything. I'm being dead serious. I think this movie is extremely good. If you, if you, if your tastes lean on the cheesy side, if you, if you definitely like to watch a movie that has a strong sense of style and this movie does like some of these backgrounds are fucking beautiful they've got some stunning matte painting shots i love a good matte painting and it's just you got cool monster designs you've got fucking rad locations and you got people in thick accents it's fun I'm, stuff. I'm, I'm sure we're very happy with that monster on monster battle at the end oh my god God, holy! Okay, no, we're gonna talk. We we're not ending the podcast. We're still talking. No, I'm I'm not ending. We're not ending this. That final fight fight. was so good. Oh my! The the fucking part that makes me fucking bust is when fucking um when fucking Hugh Jackman werewolf. He's looking at Dracula. He's by this fucking wall. He. Brings out these fucking claws like Wolverine and he scrapes them against the wall next to him and there's sparks and... These sparkles will show you just how sharp they are. It's so good. And the fight is... It's all over Frankenstein's laboratory and there's sparks and it's just... It's not shaky cam. Like, it's, it's very hectic and there's a lot going on, but it's not shaky cam, so it's not as hard... It's I'll not give as him hard. that credit. There's not a lot of handheld camera shots. There are a lot of Dutch angles in this movie. A lot of Dutch angles. But there's not a lot of freehanding. And I am not a huge fan of shaky cam, so I will give it that. I yeah, appreciate like the, that it's a the, very steady camera. The action the action flows really well in this movie, in my opinion. I really do. It has some really fun fight scenes. Um, I love, like, for example, I adore the... Um, the uh, Mr. Hyde fight at the beginning of the movie. I think it's a fun scene. Like I, I love. I always love just the back and forth that uh, Hyde and Van have before the fight, and I like uh, the way that he fucking seven twenties up, seven twenties him up to the fucking ceiling of the Notre Dame, and oh, God, like. This movie's cool, y'all. This movie's so cool. And it's if you're a monster fucker, if you're like me and you're a monster fucker, just straight up, you're going to like this movie because these werewolves are so fucking hot. And like, <laughs> Wait until you see Bram Stoker's Dracula. There are no werewolves in that one, though. I will <laughs> tell you that in advance. But like when, fuck, when fucking... Like when, when Van Helsing gets bit... You can see on Anna's face the whole time that she's just thinking to herself, like, okay, but maybe just once before we cure him, I can ride the knot. Maybe just (laughs) once. You can see it. It, It's... And you get to see fucking Hugh Jackman's butt at the end of the movie. I don't remember seeing his butt. I must have missed that. Where's his butt? I, I thought his butt was there. I don't think so, because when, when people Hulk out and become werewolves, they follow Hulk rules, and they retain their shorts. Did he Did he have shorts? I don't remember shorts. Yeah, it, the, the, the two werewolves in this movie, they have Hulk shorts. Like, they, they tear their shirts off immediately. I, the, 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 Anna's brother, he, he transforms again. I don't know where the second shirt came from at whatever point, but they, whenever anyone becomes a werewolf in this movie, they retain their Hulk shorts. They don't go anywhere. I, I, think you're just, sw- I think it's just some wishful thinking on your part, but <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. 
not gonna deny it. But I mean, like, he is Wolverine. He is Wolverine. And yeah. like, God, the the wives were fucking cool. Like, I know you said like Van and Dracula didn't actually spend a whole lot of time on screen, and I get that, but I do feel like we did get a lot of interaction between Van and Dracula by proxy due to the way that Van was constantly fucking with essentially just Dracula's gang. <laughs> like, see, fucking with the wives, fucking with uh, the werewolf. Um, see, that's that's my that's maybe my one last, like, movie doctoring I would do for this movie, right? Is, um, what this movie ends up being is, like, this cross-country adventure from, like, city to country road to cliffside to party to castles, just going from location to location, and along the time, along the way, like, Dracula's kind of basically sending his goonies after him to track them, basically. Um, I think I would have loved to have seen this movie go straight up just Castlevania, where perhaps it's just um, Van Helsing and Carl go into Dracula's castle together, and like Ca- like Castlevania, the castle's just filled with rooms with every monster ever, so, like, maybe he meets Anna as, like, somebody who's there trying to find a cure for her boy, for her, for her brother who's a werewolf, and in the castle, that's where they find more werewolves, that's where they find the lady vampires, that's where they find, like, the, 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 the breeding area with all the alien <laughs> eggs and stuff, they find You can just call it the and, fuck room, it's okay, you can call it the fuck room. Like, I would have loved to have seen it just kind of be like a, like a Castlevania thing, where they're just in this one space that just doesn't obey any, like, knowable geometry, and they just meet monsters and allies along the way, and people come and go, like, you know, like, Frankenstein could be a whole thing where it's like, they wanted me for an experiment. I ran away. I don't want to be an experiment. I want to be a person. And so they team up with they team up with Frankenstein, and he helps get them to Dracula. I would have loved it if it was just straight up just a Castlevania movie. Like, the, I there's, there's a version of this movie that I think I absolutely would have loved, but as it stands, I think this one just was a little too... It was a little too aimless for me. It, it, it wasn't as creepy as I would have liked it to be just because it's a very, very soft PG-13. Um, you know, we see arms get severed, happens off screen. We see a werewolf blood for a moment. It's green. It's, it's <laughs> not, there's nothing hard in this movie. It's not scary. It's not spooky. This is absolutely a movie that people who are anxious about watching horror could watch because there's just nothing scary in it. Like the werewolves aren't scary. The vampires aren't scary. Um, it's still very much the Arya Frey of the Dark Rules. It's not scary, but it'd be scary to be in a situation. This movie just didn't have enough teeth or legs for me, and I, you know, the, it's just weird to think about because I don't imagine any other point in time when this movie would have existed. <laughs> well, I, I, I definitely think that, like, for folks watching this, I feel like it's very hard to... Um, have a kind of middle-of-the-road opinion on this movie. I think this is going to be one where you are going to either love it or hate it, just judging by how darn strong our two opinions are. Mm-hmm. Um, and and usually we kind of line up on a lot of things. So, like, it's... I, I feel like this is going to be one where you are either going to adore it or you're, it's not going to click and you're not going to get it, get why people like it. And I think that's fine. Jokes aside, I think that's fine. You can, you have to, you can dislike it. You can be wrong. It's okay. I mean, you're but, always you're always allowed to like whatever the heck you want, like good or bad doesn't matter as long as you enjoy it. That's that's all it ultimately matters. It doesn't matter what two dopes on a podcast say about it. Yeah, you, you'll be wrong, but it's okay. 
It's okay to be wrong. Yeah, well, is there anything else in a... In a what's his name? Georgie Van Helsing? He has a name. What's his first name? Georgie Greggy? No, he... Georgie he, he Porgy? Was, he, was, he was named Gabriel. Fun fact, um, they named him Gabriel, one, because it seemed like within the plot of the movie they were trying to... Um, suggest that he might be the literal angel gabriel but um by the way that was a part of the plot <laughs> and wait he is an angel they, they seem to be hinting towards that once again this movie obviously wanted sequels and did not get sequels um but they specifically did name him um gabriel van helsing because the original van helsing was abraham van helsing and they wanted to have the legal rights to their own van helsing so they named him gabriel van helsing i mean i guess that's probably that's that was probably good foresight on their part honestly yeah like good call plus it's, it's a cool name gabriel van helsing i can dig it better than abraham but uh yeah, I think I think I think that's gonna do it. If there were their uh, surprise monster fights there in the movie, um, there's guys bouncing on balls and they get a they get a credit, they get a top billing credit in the final credits. Would surprise me. So, good on this movie, supporting the arts, I guess. Good on you, Van Helsing. <laughs> it's a good uh, movie. Give it, check check it out. Just give it a rent. It's like it, it it's a low commitment film. Just give it a rent. It's. It's a little commitment, and it's two hours long, so if you're not feeling it, I'd say you're safe to bounce. <laughs> watch, find, find the best clips on YouTube. Just, just watch okay. those. Okay, it, I, I'll put it this way. If you, if you, by the time you get to, like, the, the cue scene, like, if you get to that point, like, if you finish the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde fight, and you're still not really feeling it, okay. You're probably not going to be into the movie. Like I, I feel pretty safe that that's probably the point where it's going to be like, okay. There are no more surprises from that point onwards, I would but, say. But if, yeah, there's no, there's nothing that's going to come after that's going to change your opinion if you're not on board by then. But if you do watch that intro, that black and white intro, which is really fucking rad, and if you watch the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde fight, and you're just like, yeah, this is cool as shit, then you're going to love the movie. You're going to like it a lot. But so... That that is that is that is my advice for the easiest low commitment way to tell if you are gonna like this movie. All right, I think I think it's gonna just about wrap it up for us. So that was our discussion on Van Helsing. I know that was a little bit more freeform than some of our previous episodes, but we're still uh, we're still kind of like getting our footing, figuring it out, figuring it out on a kind of like a per movie basis and. Uh, we appreciate the little bit of feedback we've gotten from a few listeners so far. So thank you. That's all stuff we're taking into account. Uh, Barb, you got anything you wanna you wanna plug? Yeah. So um, obviously, like like usually, you can find me at Diesel Brain Art on Twitter. Um, and hey, if you like uh, sexy werewolves and want to see them fuck, um, check out my work. I'm currently working on a short film called Full Moon Philip. Where, which will involve sexy werewolves fucking. So if that sounds like it's up your alley, check out Diesel Brain on Patreon or on Pixiv Fanbox. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sonic9JCT for 
everything that I'm kind of working on and thinking about at the moment. Um, I've got some really cool stuff in the works right now. I don't think I can really announce any of it yet, but there's some neat stuff coming. Keep an eye out. I'll be sure to let y'all know when that's up and going. Um, I know very recently, uh, a, a few weeks ago, I appeared on um, Albert Fortman's uh, Co-op With You podcast, um, a podcast just about self-care and anxiety. Uh, I just kind of oh, went nice. on talking about some of uh, the thoughts I've been dealing with in the past few months, kind of watching our country erode from the inside out and just kind of um, dealing with that from the perspective of a of a, a young black man in America these days. So if that sounds like a discussion, uh, just, just a, it's, it's, not, it's not as much of a downer as it sounds. The show is about kind of just managing anxiety and how uh, different artists kind of work through depression, anxiety, and other sorts of things like that. If that sounds like it's up your alley, go check out that podcast. It's been really good so far. Albrecht's a good friend of mine. Um, he does amazing artwork, and he has a great outlook on life, so I definitely recommend it. It's a very good time, so you can take a look out for that. Um, that sounds really make, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure that gets shared on the uh, Twitter feed as well when that gets goes when that goes up. But it should be out by the time uh, this episode is up. Um other than that, uh, I don't think there's much else. Um, I will announce here that I believe our next episode is going to be our very first uh, listener mail mailbag episode. Yeah. So uh, if you have any questions for us, feel free to share them to scarydarkpod <laughs> at gmail.com or just tweet at us at scarydarkpod on Twitter. Um, make sure you're following us there so you can get all the updates on the show. Um, you can find the show on Spotify, on Pocket Cast. Uh, we've got our, an easy-to-use RSS feed you can use to just add to whatever player you've got. Uh, I'm working on making sure that it shows up on iTunes as well so folks can find them via iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I don't know what it is these days. I haven't been on iPhone for a couple of years. And Check I under your pillow at night. You'll find us there. Yeah, leave your old iPod there, and in the morning you'll find the podcast. It might be ours. It might nothing, be... nothing to listen to it on now because you got rid of the iPod. But I mean, it, you'll have it. It's it's a real catch twenty two gift of the magi situation. <laughs> you'll figure it out. But um, yeah, if you have any questions for us, just about horror movies, horror games, horror in general, our own history with the genre, any movies or anything that we have talked about so far that we said we want to talk about, feel free to send some questions. And um, we've already got some amazing ones so far, so you can look forward to a really cool discussion on that. And if we don't get to your question, it'll definitely go back in the mailbag, and we'll save it for the next one in a couple of more episodes. Hell yeah. All right. I think that's about it. Um, yeah, I'm about good to sign off. How about you? All right. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, don't let the vampires bite. Keep it classic. Don't get spooked. <laughs>